Big time episodes call for big time guests. So, of course, we got Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal and the Couch of the Room podcast here to break down all things fall camp for Michigan State football. Oh, yeah, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The best people of all time. I bet you are in as good of a, of a mood as I am, if I can talk, because fall camp is right around the corner here at Michigan State. They kick off things on Wednesday. But I'm also in an extra good mood today because we have one of my favorite people of all time joining the show. That's Graham Couch. He writes for the Lance State Journal. He speaks in the microphones for the Couch on the Roof podcast. And now I will let him speak on... Locked on Spartans. Graham, how on earth are you doing, man? You doing okay? Summer uh, treating you well so far? Yeah, I'm great. You know, I, yeah, this time of year, it's always, there's that moment where it stops being summer and starts feeling like football practice. And I'm and, and yeah. usually it's more of a, it's more of a, uh, it's kind of the smells of things. Um, you know, the, the early high school football practice and just, it's different. The grass yeah. clippings are a little different than they are in May. And yeah, you can start to, you just, it's, it's the cyclical nature of being a sports fan, right? We know how to feel March Madness. You know when it's there. That yep. first warm day in March when there are big games on, and that's kind of fun. It's it's the same with football. You, you took it right out of my mouth because, you know, earlier today I'm just here in the home office, got the window open, I'm doing my actual full-time job that isn't just barking into a microphone about college sports. And I had a whiff, and I was like, oh, my God. I should be on, on a parking lot drinking, like, a 9 a.m. beer right now. Like, I just smelt fall. Like, it, it is right around the corner. We are less than five weeks away from, from kickoff at this point. Uh, woo! So, w- without further ado, uh, let's just talk about some fall camp uh, business here, Graham. Um, but before that, hey, uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, YouTube show, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, that's the fastest I've ever got to the housekeeping portion. Uh, Graham, do, do you like games? Because I, I got a game we could play to get us into fall camp talk. Let's uh, do it. Let's do it. It's a game uh, creatively called Fill in the Blank. I'm just going to say a sentence, and uh, you got to fill in the blank. Uh, but before we get to that, actually, I just want to clear something right now. How excited are you to get into a fall camp and not have to answer 10,000 questions about the quarterback battle going on, unlike last year? This has got to be a big, big fall for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. Kind of, I mean, those, those are fun years, too, when that's in question, because that's an obvious storyline. But sure. it, it's nice to have things that are different every year and 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 to have yeah, i mean peyton thorne's obviously the guy now there there is intrigue behind him certainly and, yeah. and that's interesting because you know you can have a it's 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 hard to make it healthy through a year and um losing him would you know you don't want that to ruin your season if you're michigan state so you got to be you got to be ready there if there's somewhere to happen no right on so last year obviously you know the top position was quarterback heading into the fall camp that whole battle so the first round of fill-in-the-blank here is going to fall right in line with that. Graham, the most important position battle heading into camp is blank. Take us to church, why don't you? Yeah, most important position battle is is maybe not the most intriguing, but I, I think the most important position battles are what happens up front. Um, and I, I think mm-hmm. there needs to be competition on the offensive line. I think you, they, they, Michigan State needs a... And, and look, I think they might be okay if they they don't have a, a you know an injury riddled year because I think they've got some guys and a little bit of depth there. But to me, the most important position battle is is 
who emerges and, and, and uh, up front. In terms of the offensive line, let's take offensive line out of it because, as I always say, sure. one fat guy replaces another fat guy, and nobody wants to read about any of it. So, um, right. <laughs> so let, let's, let's let's go away from that. The, the most important position battle to me, um, you know, it, you can say it's backup quarterback. You could say it's corner, and and, and what's going to happen there. Um, but I I would say what happens at running back is 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 intriguing. Um, because you have two guys that we haven't seen at Michigan State now. Uh, Jarek Lassard yeah. is a a guy who's, um, I think you know, obviously been a starter. He's a guy they have really high hopes for. Uh, you, you, Jalen Berger is a guy who uh, has a taste of the Big Ten level and, and some talent. They've got some guys in house that they're intrigued by, but I think it's going to be Berger and Broussard mostly. And does one emerge? Can either of them provide the level of pop? that really makes a defense adjust to you. So what I mean by that is Kenneth Walker changed game plans. And, you know, I think they'll be fine at running back. The question is, can they be better than fine? And if they're better than fine, that changes everything else because you do have a veteran quarterback. I think you do have some playmakers at receiver. At tight end, you're much improved. So I I think if that running back position can be better than just okay, can be – something that defenses have to account for and game plan for, and there's a guy they're worried about, can either of those guys emerge? I think that's that's underrated important. Now, so that was the important position battle, and you already said this word, the other I word, intriguing. Yeah. So, for fill in the blank number two, who is the most intriguing player going into fall camp? Is it like a spicy backup that could work its way into the number one of the depth chart? Is it a guy that you know was already started last year that could – be even adding onto his skill set, or who is the most intriguing player? That's right. We're doing some wordplay here, Graham. We're uh, yeah, staying well versed over here in the dictionary. Look at us. I'll give, I'll give you two. Um, I mean, I, I think everybody is intrigued by what Keon Coleman could become. Yeah, and there can he can he push for? And and really, you can play a lot of receivers. And if it's if it's you know, yeah. Jaden Reed and Trey Mosley, and then and then him and and defenses have to account for those guys. He's going to get some opportunities. And so I do think he is one. I think Amir Speed on the other side is a guy you sort of get a feel for a little bit that he might be a little bit of a different cat and, and somebody who can give them a, 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 a you know a little more of an edge there and and and, uh, uh, and the secondary and they need that they need more guys who can um, allow them not to play that bend but don't break they were they were not very good at that position mm-hmm. last year and I, I think they could be significantly better but it's not just depth you got to have some guys that you know, can, can cause some problems. And, and, and you know it when you see it. That's the thing about cornerbacks. I mean, you go back to Josiah Scott, right? You could tell on yep. day one the way he closed, the way he finished his ball skills, his anticipation of the route. Okay, that guy's for real. And with corners, you can kind of see it. Right on. And I'm just going to interrupt this game of fill in the blank right now to, uh, for the first time this episode, step on the Graham couch, well, therapy couch. Uh, the pun wasn't intended, but I just caught on to that as it left my mouth. Uh, I feel like I do this once or twice every time we have you on. Graham, is, are the kids going to be okay when it comes to kicking? Because I lose hours of sleep just staring at the ceiling, wondering how that's going to go this year. It, 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 am I in the right to be this concerned about it? Or is this like a problem where it's like, all right, you're being a little too ridiculous, even for your own standards. Where, where are we at yeah. there? Is it the kicking game? Like, I, I don't think you worry about it until it's, a, until it's a problem. You know, in okay. other words, because right. what you don't know is how kids are going to, how guys are going to handle pressure. All these guys have sure. immense talent. You know, there's the talent is, is without question there. So 
to me is is you know I don't think Michigan State has a margin of error where they can't be solid in that area. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I it's one of those things that it's really hard to tell even in fall camp. Uh, every once in a while, you can see a kicker who struggles there, and you go, "Okay, this is really a problem," and that gets sorted out there. But a lot of times, it, it it's it's frankly something that becomes a problem early in the season. Fair enough. So wait until September to start really worrying about it. There's bigger fish to fry right, right here, now. Your August is going to suck if you're worried about Michigan State's kickers all August. Just let let, let no, you're, ruin yeah. your August, you know. Uh, you're probably correct. I don't. You're asking, you're asking me to change a lot of my life right now, Graham. You're asking me to be <laughs> rational and level-headed about a gang of college sports athletes uh, that play every Saturday, and I don't think I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. But I do appreciate the uh, advice. I'll give it. I'll give it my best shot here, maybe in the near Excellent. future. Um. Back to fill in the blank. Now, this has to do with starters from last year's team. A starter from last year that has to improve the most heading into the season is blank. I mean, a kind of awkward question because we're calling out, you know, a fine, hardworking college athlete. But what starter from last year's team really needs to step up for the team to take a step up? No, I think it's I think it's obvious it's Peyton Thorne. I mean, here's yeah, a guy okay. who has shown flashes of being an excellent quarterback. I would say he's a very experienced quarterback. He's a good quarterback now. Um, but, you know, he's not going to have Kenneth Walker. And at a certain point, Michigan State is not going to have athletic advantages in some matchups against teams they're facing. They're just not. And you can overcome some of that if you by having a quarterback which is better than people and by sure. having a quarterback who can take care of you in the right moments, make plays in the right moments, it, you know, and – you know, there were games last year where he, frankly, was not yet um, able to do that. You know, I mean, it would, if the, Kenneth Walker was shut down, he would get shut down. As late as the bowl game, he struggled for a yeah. while in that game and then found his footing a little bit. And, and But he was able to understand why. He said, you know what, my footwork got off and I figured it out. I think he's a very cerebral player. I think I think he can be a very accurate quarterback. And sort of the question is, what is that ceiling? Is he a guy, you know, you go back to Connor Cook, 2000. 15 they're playing at Rutgers and the offensive line is like missing 24 guys and right out there dragging a leg around playing three different positions and you know um sorry I gotta fly around here um yeah. you know and, and Cook was brilliant he got knocked down nine times in that game and was the reason they won and that to me is still the best game and most important game maybe he played at Michigan State because they would have lost without him being outstanding. And is is there going to be a game this year? Is there moments where where Peyton Thorne rises to that level, where they they beat somebody they wouldn't otherwise? Or uh, you know, and that, those are, those are just things. I, I think him. It's incredibly important that he actually becomes, you know, uh, on a, to a degree, a bona fide star in, in the college ranks. Uh, for Michigan State to get where it wants to go. No doubt about that. And there's also no doubt we're going to be talking more about fall camp here in a hot second. But, Graham, I'm so sorry. i got to say goodbye to you for a hot second because I just got to talk everyone else's ear off about LinkedIn Jobs. That's right. You already know what LinkedIn is. It is one of the greatest platforms for job finding and job applying out there. And as we gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on not just some cylinders, but no, all cylinders. And LinkedIn Jobs is here to make that easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. That's right. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. 
Then add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screen questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and then maybe eventually hire. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions, oh yeah, they apply. And as we welcome the wonderful Graham Couch Back to the Lockdown Spartans podcast. Hey, just want to thank you so much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen or watch every single day. Smash that subscribe button, review us. Also, subscribe to the Lancet State Journal. I actually just re-upped my subscription uh, this morning. So thank you, Graham, for all your hard work. And uh, let's get rocking and rolling into uh, segment number two, shall we, Graham? I, uh, unless you want to leave. I, I'll leave that no, up to you. No, I appreciate you being a subscriber. You know, that's a, that's a yeah. big deal. So I, that, that does not go unnoticed. I'm a big fan of, uh, obviously, all your work, but especially like the three quick takes. Also, not just three quick takes, though, but you very recently had a column. It was 10, 10, 10 takes. Uh, just Bro, on everything. Really. Many. You know, the real secret to the 10 quick takes, <laughs> you do that when you don't have any three that are strong enough. You're like, screw it. I'll just do 10. And then. Volume shooter. All <laughs> together. <laughs> right. It's a, definitely a volume shooter move. Yeah. <laughs> No, amen. Absolutely love that. Absolutely subscribe to that. Quite literally and figuratively, I subscribe to that line of thinking. And uh, yeah, so I know, you know, because those are first subscribers, you got to pay for it. I don't want to like you just read off all 10 takes that you have. But of all 10 takes, were there any that you got you know, more pushback on that you were expecting or, you know, maybe more people agreeing with you than you were expecting? Or what was the take? that sizzled the most in that 10 quick takes piece for you? It's a great question. I don't even remember all of them at this point because I've written three others since then off, off <laughs> sure. the day. But, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do think, you know, getting into the, I think where people's heads are, and, and you've talked about this a little bit, the recruiting and, you know, in the NIL space and the concern yeah. about that. And, you know, and, and I, I've written a little about that there. I wrote a little bit more of the latest piece I did and just sort of the, um, because I think it is something that that, that that is freaking fans out a little bit. Um, and sure. I'll tell you this though, I just um, you know I I just got back from like a, a media uh, like pre camp little off the record lunch with Mel Tucker, and so you can gotcha. nice. hear the stories. But you, yeah. I will tell you this: he is not worried about that stuff. And okay. you know, the one thing that I the line that I think you'll hear from him about recruiting uh, guys who are, you know, over the moon about NIL deals that they're receiving as recruits is I'll see you in the portal. <laughs> you know, like, I, I just don't think, you know, because I, I think you're, you're going to eat what you'll, um, I, the legitimacy of those deals and, and how much guys actually make. And, you know, one of the things I think will be very interesting to watch is by December, when the first signing day comes, mm-hmm. a lot of those deals, the legitimacy of them, and whether they're really worth what they were supposed to be, will, will have played out because the parents will want to start seeing some money. Sure. So that'll matter. So there's going to be a lot of that. Michigan State is not somebody who's going to uh, pay guys up front, though. They're, they're not going to do it. And I think a lot of schools aren't planning to do it. Now, I think there's – you know, there are things in the works and there are things they're trying to do once they get here to have the maximum opportunities for NIL. 
And I think Michigan State's been pretty creative and pretty out front in that. Um, but the thing that I would take solace in if I was an MSU fan is, like, in very short order, Mel Tucker and Alan Haller and the administration, this has turned into a pretty competent football operation and football school. Mm-hmm. They have repaid who Michigan State is. And I, I would just trust a little that it seems like the right people are in place to deal with whatever's coming down the pike. And, uh, I mean, Tucker has been on the forefront of the transfer portal. MSU was out front on the paying all of its players through Matt Ishbia. Um, you know, they, and there will be schools with money. They will lose kids uh, to NIL deals. Um, sure. I, I think Tucker would tell you they never really had that kid. Um, but will it limit you? The question it really is, does it limit you from ever reaching your wildest dreams? And, you know, that will have to be seen, how this all plays out and, you know, what sort of, you know, now there are talks of a more uh, formal compensation model, which I think is where we're headed with TV revenue money coming directly to athletes. And how mm-hmm. does that change the game? And so, um, I, you know, I, but those are the things that I hear the most about because I think people are legitimately uh, concerned a little bit just because for so long it felt like there was a crescendo and there was something that, that Tucker and his staff were doing that was giving Michigan State a chance to be next level. And it feels like, well, wait a second, is this something that's going to prohibit that? Gotcha. So, I mean, I've talked myself into circles about it. You know, Michigan State recruiting started really well in June. You got all these kids on campus and now, you know, there's a a wide array of misses. And I'm wondering, okay, well, is this good? Is it not good? Like at the end of the day, though, Mel Tucker, you know, behind closed doors that were taking a peek in, like not all too worried about the state of MSU recruiting. No, and and it's, you know, it's also it's it's hard to recruit against some of these schools. Like one of the things is, of course, when you all of a sudden want to recruit against, Ohio State, Alabama, and, and you know every power around the, the country, you're going to miss out on some of these kids. You know, quite a few of yeah. them. You know, really, if you're if you're landing, you know, one in five, one in ten of the top players you're going after, you, you're you're doing okay. Um, mm-hmm. Because just think about how many other like uh, programs that are of similar mind and, and brand are going after the same kids. So I think that's the thing that Michigan State fans are going to have to get used to is just. Uh, there are going to be kids that are uh, – I think the greater worry would be this. This, to me, is the thing to keep an eye on. If mm-hmm. the four-star kids they're getting, top 400 commitments, some you know higher than that, are – you know if those kids flip, if they lose a number of those kids late in the process and it feels like NIL is the driving factor, I think it's a different conversation. But I think sure. you have to kind of let that happen. If that doesn't happen – you know, how much of a concern really is there? And, how, you know, are there enough kids who aren't obsessed with that, uh, you know, getting paid right away as a recruit? Um, and because, and you know, I think a lot of coaches, you know, the coaches really want – the coaches really and, – and I think a lot of these NIL deals aren't all that they say they are, too. I think that's something to watch. Kids saying they're getting a million dollars, look at the fine print, look at what it, you know, actually requires of them the odds that they'll ever see that and, you know, and then maybe see them in the portal. It's all too much to comprehend. There, there's so much going on, but at the same time, like there's a not, not a lot going on as far as regulation goes and everything like that. Like, yeah, these kids could very well be getting screwed out of deals or 
maybe they're not. I, who's to say? But that's the other thing too. It's like this is still like a new landscape in college football. And like one thing I always ponder is, you know, you got new money teams, right, that are funding a lot of these NIL collectives, whatever. Like A and M, for example, um, Miami is throwing around bags. Oregon, Louisville, Arkansas. And so it's like a handful of schools, and I hear one end saying, like, well, yeah, Michigan State isn't in that yet because schools aren't going to be thrown around bags forever. It's only, like, six or eight schools that are doing this for NIL. But then, like, I think, like, okay, is that number of eight or six schools going to drop off, or are more schools just going to start throwing around premature bags at these high school kids? So I don't even, I, I don't even know if that's a question that anyone can answer, but that's just one thing that – one thing out of 17,000 starting the, NIL. These are good wonder. Yeah, and I wonder about their compliance people and their conversations within departments. Right. I mean, you know, uh, Ryan Black from the LSJ and, and I, we sat down with Michigan State's sort of core NIL team in their athletic department, including their compliance folks. And, and they're very serious about, that. you know, you don't have to provide proof of market value because there are a lot of these deals yeah. that aren't uh, really what the player is probably worth. And they're more than that. But you do, there has to be a quid pro quo. You have to get some – you have to be doing something – for the money you're receiving and they're not going to accept pay for play type deals. And that's just the way it's the way it's going to be. And, you know, so we'll, we'll see how much that becomes necessary. And I'm, I'm hesitant to think that it will, but again, I don't, I mean, everything has been moving so fast and changing so much. I don't, I don't, I don't think everybody, uh, I don't think people really know at this point where, uh, where things are headed. Uh, it, it, I, the, one of the other things that, you know, there are lots of things you can point out to these kids about programs that are paying kids. And, and But if, you know, if a program has lost its coach to somewhere else because the coach is being paid more elsewhere, why, if they had all this money, why didn't they pay the coach to keep him? You know what I mean? Like there, yeah. there are questions about how much money there actually is and uh, how much, you know, do, do programs really have uh, the money to pay, you know, 15 kids? Uh, more than any of their assistant coaches are making. I I don't know. You know, that seems like a weird dynamic. So I think there are lots of things to watch here. I think the, the, the more formalized revenue stream with, with TV money, perhaps, uh, is, is one way that could counterbalance some things, especially if that's something in the Big Ten that exists that doesn't exist every other place. Um, that could be a huge, huge advantage. No doubt about it. And I, I could talk about this for four and a half hours minimum and, you know, talk myself in circles, talk up and down, contradict myself a hundred times. But, um, Grant, I do want to switch back to the field. What's going to be happening after this quick little uh, bill pain session I'm about to do. We're going to dive into over under on Michigan State seven and a half wins. So uh, I'm going to say goodbye to you one more time because I got to talk to the fine folks about built bar. That's right. It's Built Bar. It is the greatest tasting protein bar of all time. Uh, we're talking just the standard Built Bar, you know, absolutely positively slaps, wrapped in 100% real chocolate, soft, chewy, actually tastes like the flavor that's on the wrapper, unlike your other whack protein bars that you may be digesting. Or hit up the Built Puffs. That's right. The first ever protein-infused marshmallow had a Built Puff s'more flavor yesterday before workout. And not only did I almost start crying of happiness because of how good it tasted, but it also took me through my 45-minute workout. That's right. That's a flex. I usually do 30. Bumped it up to 45 minutes yesterday. Now I'm done working out for the rest of the year. But thank you, Built Bar, for filling this body with 15 grams of protein, low in sugar, low in calories, and also thank you very much for your promo code. That's right. When you go to Built.com, smash in promo code LOCKED15. 
That's going to save you 15% off of your order of Built Bars, Built Puffs, Built Granola Bars, their whole Built product lineup. It all slaps. You will be thanking me later. Built.com, Locked15. Go save 15% off of your Built Bars. And it's time to welcome back the wonderful Graham Couch. That's right, of Lancy State Journal, of the Couch and the Root Podcast. Really, he just does it all. Um, except you don't rule Great Britain anymore. Um, so, does that ever get old for you? The, the Boris Johnson comparisons, or um, no? I, is that, I, is I, that, that, I have okay. to say I lean into them, so I, I can't complain about them if I'm the one making half of the jokes. So, it's sure. just yeah. There we go. It is what it is. When you look like somebody, you look like somebody. There are worse people to look like than uh, a sure. younger version of Boris Johnson. I mean, there are better people to look like, but. It is what it is. And we want to get on the right side of history here that you are the upgraded of Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson is not the upgraded version of Graham Couch. So we we want to make sure that we have the hierarchy correct here. Right. I'm actually going to England next week. Um, And um, so we'll see if the the locals there, you know, see the similarity. And Boris Johnson is not actually all that popular right now in England. So uh, not quite. No. (laughs) Maybe hopefully they don't push me off the London Bridge or anything. Hmm. Well, if this is the last time uh, that we've talked, I really haven't yeah. appreciated this, but we're going to squeeze about 10 more minutes out of you here uh, just to get every last drop of juice out of this orange. Um, Graham, I we are at the point of the offseason. Without fail, I do this every single year. It is late July, early August. My delirium is at an all-time high. For me, the, the floor for Michigan State football coming up this season as a slap-happy fan that I am is 10 wins like I don't, I don't see how we go any less than 10 and 2 this upcoming season i've talked myself into greatness for the spartans coming up but vegas our friends at betonline.net i should shout out that sponsor has michigan state at seven and a half games for over under wins for the season what are you sitting at right now are you going to douse my flames a little bit or are you only going to fan them to the point where i could light a skyscraper on fire no i, mean, I would i would take that over if between the two of them. And I, and I, I think, you know, I, I like it a fair bit for people because I, I mean, I do think one of the things this team has is a fairly high floor. If they're not, you know, decimated by injury gotcha. happening in a given year, just because I think the thing that it takes to have a year where you're, you you really don't come close to your over under or, or really fall short is, you know, youth at key positions like quarterback and elsewhere where mm-hmm. I, I think they've got enough playmakers that they're not going to get upset by Western Michigan. They're not, you know, Akron's not going to be very good, but they should be able to win a lot of the games you think they're going to win. However, I think there's some games that will be very interesting determining whether they actually get uh, to that seven and a half. And Washington is more telling than you think. I mean, Washington's new coach, new quarterback, offensive minded staff. They're coming up. They're going to be playing two cupcakes before that game. They'll be fired up there. People have high hopes. And that's not a gimme. And so no. uh, that is an interesting game that will be a little bit revealing. The week after that, Minnesota, you know, a nine-win team a year ago that loses a lot on the line but has a lot of skill position guys back and, you know, is a program that's more seasoned than they've been. And that will be another telling game. And so you you have, uh, you know, in Maryland on the road after that, you know, they should take care of that. But you never know in Maryland. Maryland sometimes is good early and then falls apart. You never know when that yeah, point is going to be. But the other thing to watch with Michigan State is how they respond to the Ohio State game. So let's just say they don't win mm-hmm. that. They probably won't win that. But, you know, you think back to 2019 and how that really wrecked the season because they they used Ohio State as a measuring stick. And it was this was a program that thought it was ready to, to do something at that point. 
And then they went and lost 38 nothing to Wisconsin because they, they just kind of, you know, took the wind out of their sails. And I want to see, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the keep chopping and all that stuff and all this stuff. And, and I think that was impressive last year. They did get off the mat late in the year and they, they beat. They Penn chopped. State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They kept, they kept chopping in games early and that's how you, they beat Michigan. And they, they were impressive late against the most impressive game to me maybe all year is the, the fourth quarter of Miami when they were just, they just ran Miami out of the water. And, and so that this year's schedule doesn't set up like that though. It was sort of this crescendo into the Michigan, Michigan state game. And then you're eight, no going into November. And so whatever happens after that, you've sort of created this, these great vibes. Sure. Well, you play Ohio state early. And so I, and how you respond to that, you know, against the bad years a week later will be interesting. I, you know, I would go over, um, but you can see how they could fall under. And just because I want to live like the most unhealthy lifestyle in August, I, I want to have uh, panic attacks almost every other day here. I have three trap games written down in front of me. Tell me which one uh, I should be most concerned about as a fan. I got at Maryland because just like you said, they are spicy at the beginning of the year. And that's when Michigan state kind of gets them at the front half of the year. Uh, home versus Minnesota, that could very well be an undefeated matchup if Michigan State escapes Seattle and Akron and Western Michigan to cover all my bases there. Um, but the third game, uh, you might laugh at this one because it's ridiculous, but at Illinois, the week after playing at Michigan, I assume this will be a 11 a.m. kickoff in Champaign. ESPN News will probably carry the game. It, I just a no-energy game coming off of a very emotional Michigan game. Any sense of trap to that, or of the three right there, which one? No, I mean, that actually, I hadn't really thought of that one, but that's another reason. Yes, that, oh, you know, I have. Oh, I have. It's terrible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would actually put that number one, because when you say trap game, like, I don't think Minnesota's a trap game. I think sure, okay. that's the first home Big Ten game, you're going to be fired up for it. Uh, they'll know yeah. that that's a tough game. Maryland is a uh, a road game after that. You're still early in the Big Ten. It's not the week after Ohio State. It's not sandwiched between anything. Um, mm-hmm. Maryland, you know, I, I Maryland played them tough last year. I I, I, res, I think they'll respect them. And, and, and so, but you, you think about that Illinois game. And the real thing is we don't know what Illinois will be this year. Like, I actually right. think Illinois will be better than Vegas predicts. Um, I think Bielem is a guy who's going to have a, you know, make them a decent program. But you're right. It is one of those spots where any – one of the things that's going to be really critical for Michigan State that they did not have a year ago was the depth to have a November that's decent. I think they have a little more of that this year because that's when you start to get banged up and, and it matters. And so uh, that's a great trap game. I, I, I put Illinois. There we go. Okay, so now I'm afraid about the Illini. Uh, Maryland, I'm a little afraid about. Minnesota, let's just cover all bases. Why should I be afraid of Western Michigan in week one and then Akron in week two? I, I, can you think of anything that should get me – worry about this game or, or no. not Akron at all, but, uh, Western, okay. Michigan, you know, I mean, Western Michigan has been a pretty good program for a few years now that their fan base be frustrated yeah. by sort of what's happened in, in recent years, feeling they've underachieved, but they've had a great quarterback play. They've had NFL receivers. They, they, they've had a lot of, you know, NFL offensive linemen. They've had a lot of pros go through that program, uh, even more so than when, when I was covering them years ago. The thing is, you know, the thing about a program like that, and I'll give you an example. This is the – so mm-hmm. I covered them for quite a few years, and there was a game at Michigan in 2011 
the game got they didn't even finish the game because of lightning or whatever. But okay, Western Michigan is tied seven seven. They've got a good competitive season team that has a chance in this game. Michigan's not that great. It's seven seven. Western Michigan's on the doorstep to uh, go up fourteen seven. The right guard gets pushed back into the quarterback or gets pushed back. The ball he goes off his helmet. An interception. Maybe a pick six. Quickly, 14-7 Michigan. And after okay. that, people are going, well, you know, if that just doesn't happen, it's such bad luck. And what I would tell you, though, is the difference between Michigan and North and West Michigan that day is that Michigan doesn't have a junior college right guard who wasn't ready to play forced to be in the game. The depth of sure. the, those programs, that's where the difference is. It, it may seem like bad luck, but you create your own luck in that situation. And so Michigan State, otherwise, is that usually happens in those games. And I'm not saying Western Michigan might not be better than than, than I imagine. Or And we've seen Michigan State not be great sometimes in the openers. Um, but I think the other real test for this Michigan, for Mel Tucker in year two, is something D'Antonio did really well. You know, they not only won the games they were supposed to win, they won the games the week after the big games. And that was a real staple of yeah. the great successes. And so we'll find out if that's if that that's still the case. I think we did a fantastic job right there of uh, screwing with a lot of people's minds, including myself, because we start that segment with, hey, yeah, over seven and a half wins, no doubt about it, and then end it with, watch out for the Illini and the Broncos. So whoo, there we go. <laughs> How about that? Sending uh, people out conflicted uh, into the rest of their week right here. Uh, Graham, can't, can't thank you enough for all your time, uh, all the work you do at Land State Journal and the Couch in the Root podcast. Uh, good luck in, in England. Uh, uh, yeah, if, if you don't come back, it's been real, real fun, Graham. I've, I've had a, a great time, and uh, yeah, so I'll be back. By, I'll be back by midfall camp, and thanks for having me on. I'll, anytime. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. And everyone, thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, yeah, we're back tomorrow because we do this five days a week here in the Lockdown Spartans podcast. Until then, hey, take it easy. Love you all. Go green.